Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. This is Jill's Journals Out Loud. And the goal is to put this up on Friday. I'm recording it Friday morning. The fire's going. The dog is quiet for just this moment. But you might hear a scream, a yell, and an ending to the podcast abruptly as I'm cooking something on the stove if it boils over. Chicken liver. I know. Gross. Really good for the dog. All right. Deep breath. So I'm sending this out to everybody, and this is normally a private paid subscriber podcast on Fridays, but I had all this like aha epiphany stuff happen to me yesterday morning, but I'm on the verge of uh, the countdown to getting out of here, and so it's very difficult for me to do my uh, abstract thinking that brings me joy, and then the functional packing and you know, what do I need to leave process. And so I'm about ready to shift gears and single focus on that. But I wanted to get this out to you. Uh, I hope I can come back to it. I hope it doesn't get buried in my journal. It's just one more of my flabbergasted ideas. But, you know, I've talked extensively about the nervous system and fight, flight, freeze. Uh, But I had this sort of uh, new way to explain it as push, pull, pause. So push is the fight energy, pull is the runaway energy, and pause is the free energy, the freeze energy. And how we're on a constant state of negotiating how we are using our energy. And I started all this a while ago because I had this theory that if you had a fight response, if you're a wired danger person, I have a belief that we have a primary default nervous system response to danger. And that the other two, or some version of understanding that, would lead to the better way to heal and restore ourselves. Because what I witnessed in myself and others who I would call wired for danger, the system doesn't know how to do it. It wants to medicate you, it wants talk therapy, it wants... uh, processes that don't really work very effectively for people who are first responders, who are uh, warriors, who are soldiers. If you have a, if you have that wired for danger fight response, people who go into the healing profession are usually freeze or flight. They are pause or pull people. And so they only are communicating what works for them without really understanding what probably might work for you. And I haven't been able to find these ideas or concepts anywhere. So I've been, you know, exploring and trying to understand them for myself. But I liked the simplicity of uh, pressure as push, uh, pull, or pause. Uh, and then the pressure points are pleasure and pain, right? That's how, that's the stimulation points that sort of motivate, in some ways, the movement of the energy. You know, the the whole point to all of this, you know, to me, to existence is to learn and to grow and to understand. And, you know, we are energy. Uh, energy never dies, but it's also always in motion. And so freeze is not a permanent state, but it's a pause, uh, so to me, all this stuff makes sense in my head, but I don't have time to uh, like flush it out and make this fabulous book right now. But I wanted to get this out here. The only thing you take away is if you think of fight is push, freeze is pause, and flight is pull. So you're pushing towards you know danger. You're 
pulling away from danger or you're pausing, you're freezing up in the face of danger as your primary default nervous system response, because remember we always are filtering through some comfort or safety, that maybe the other two are the best way to heal. So my goal is to get back to that, but part of this got triggered by uh, the concept of how horses are trained. And I have moved to a Uh, adjacent I'm not on their property but I'm adjacent to uh, three horses beautiful horses that I wish I don't know if I'll have time to do any filming of them but you know I've, I've been you know in contact with a lot of people over the years with horses and so they use a pressure technique and that's that uh, putting them in a pen and running them in a circle you're pressuring them and then you remove the pressure when they do what you want and so it's a whole system, you know, that they call uh, natural horsemanship, how to work with horses. Instead of hitting them, you p- apply pressure. Now, there's more theories and blah, blah, blah. But they're so sensitive that uh, you can, you're basically learning how to use your energy, which is why I love, you know, a therapeutic cons- uh, techniques in relationship to horses because they're so responsive to your energy. Now, the guy who owns these horses is a veteran. So we've been able to talk a little bit about, you know, my theories on these concepts, but I haven't been able to really go down that road yet. But I'm hoping, you know, in a perfect world, someday I'll be able to visually show you these ideas with horses. It's just, to me, it's awesome. But anyways, so I wanted to get that out because, uh, what I'm also realizing, you know, I've had nine months now of human contact. And so uh, you've heard me talk a little bit about how I don't function in community. Well, I had the opportunity uh, yesterday to be in proximity to, sorry, uh, my last podcast. Remember, I told you there's all these women that have moved up here and they were all there yesterday. And I was acutely aware of how I don't connect I didn't connect with any of them and they were you know just high and then uncomfortable and moved away and all of that is an energy thing so I have if I try to be myself my energy is push Uh, the only people that kind of like that are people who are also push because it gives you something to work with right so two people pushing at each other there's some movement there but if you're a freeze person where you're pulling push is uncomfortable because you don't know how to defend yourself your safety gets triggered or if you're freeze right pause push is uncomfortable because uh, you're you're you don't have anywhere to run and you're not going to fight back and so it's a danger so I'm trying to find ways to explain this incredibly simplistically so that we can all better understand how we're navigating through the world but uh, these are all women who I think one has a little bit of off-grid experience, but they don't know what they're doing. And I was laughing because I'm over there in my uh, warm pants and my wool sweater and my hat and gloves and warm boots. Uh, And they all showed up in their party wear right there. It was Thanksgiving. So they had on shoes, you know, slim leather shoes with no socks, uh, T-shirts, single layer. You know, I'm a big fan for triple layers. It's the only way to stay warm. But I... I also thought we were eating outside, but it was such a witness to me about how we need to think in a different way when our survival is threatened versus the comfort that we've achieved within our domestic world. And 
part of what we do is because we don't understand how to navigate our own energy. We've built, we've built in fail-safe systems. We can call 911. We can turn on the heat. Uh, we can pull the shade down on the window. We have all these systems in place to accommodate us that don't require us to understand what's happening, but we're just seeking comfort, right? Oh, I'm too cold. I'm just going to turn the heat up versus, you know, my version of too cold is I got to put on more clothes. I got to chop more wood. Uh, I went, you know, all day yesterday. It was very cold here with wind with no heat. So it was, you know, 40 degrees inside all day. And I was really uncomfortable, but I had to work and do stuff outside. So I couldn't close everything up. So there was no point in turning the heat on because it would have just gotten lost. And how we're not used to thinking that way. And so when we talk about these ideas, to me, it's fascinating. It's uh, interesting. I love learning. Uh, two things, you know, I wanted to highlight here. One, you know, when I share my stuff, uh, I don't think I've done a good job, you know, communicating this last piece. So you guys put up some nice comments. I haven't even had time. I don't have any internet connection. Yesterday was the first day I was able to actually power things up. Uh, my cell phone barely works, and it only works uh, in terms of trying to upload before sunrise so I may or may not be able to get this up last time it wouldn't upload for me I had to go find Wi-Fi but uh, I'm now physically kind of away from that so uh, I'm in a really difficult situation and so my concern is you know it's only going to get worse as I launch out into the world but uh, so I wanted to get this to you and also explain this stuff so that if I disappear for a while you know I'm okay I just haven't been able to get power and Wi-Fi in conjunction deep breath. So, uh, so when I was reading your comments and, you know, over the years, you know, I've realized that, you know, most people are watching and listening for entertainment. And even if you don't perceive it as entertainment, it's still just entertainment and information. Uh, and so there's a focus on, you know, I hope things work out. Oh, it's too bad you have to move. You know, there's kind of a focus on, the situation as the reality but you know what I was doing when I kind of stepped back yesterday I thought wow this is such a powerful educational I just listened to a really interesting podcast on analog which was information versus education and how the real quality experiences happen in real time and not online and that's been another humongous struggle for me because I know all that but I don't know what to do about it but I thought you know I haven't done a good job explaining because the way I look at the experiences in my life is they allow me to understand concepts. So my core driver is how do I understand these great big abstract uh, concepts at the day-to-day practical level and then how can I communicate that to you in a way that's effective which is basically storytelling. Now most people aren't interested in that. You know, the whole reason people sat around the campfire and told stories was how they shared big fat concepts, myth, gods, uh, ancestors, to create understanding of concrete, simple, practical 
daily life. We've always done that. The struggle now is how to do that. But we've never had this overload of information and this overwhelming amount of entertainment, which is just passive observation. There's no intent. And we all need a little bit of that, but but most of us uh, in our culture are taking in information without any interest in education, without any interest in learning, integrating, applying. Now, that's not you guys. I'm just saying as a generality. But as I was, you know, I had a chance to interact for a few minutes with each of the women, right? We're all in the same situation. I've been doing this longer than everybody put together. There was no interest in anything I had to say. uh, And they all just retreated inside because I kept staying outside because... Uh, the dog is in a new fear state and so she keeps running off so I have to keep my eye on her but I wanted her to be able to play so I stayed outside being cold and uncomfortable to take care of the dog but they all just walked away from their dogs went inside to be comfortable right so my dog's security is more important than my comfort they were more important to be comfortable than to have their dogs be secure Anyways, these these are the little tiny things that we all do very unconsciously. You know, they liked, it was almost all women. They liked to gather. It was warm. Uh, You know, the the focus was food. And so, uh, but I was again made aware how my push energy, I test a little bit of push. You know, here's what I'm about. I can see the resistance because they're not push people. Uh, the only person I could talk to was another person who was a push. And so we were able to talk about things, but nobody else, uh, I did not gel with anybody else. And, you know, so when I say I like to be alone, it's because the only way I can be in other people's presence is if I alter my comfort to accommodate their safety. And sometimes I can do that, and sometimes I can't. But for the primary uh experience of my life I prefer to be alone because I don't have to censor myself I don't have to modulate my energy to make the other comfortable now 99.999% of people have no awareness that all these things are going on I have a hyper awareness which makes it very difficult for me to be in proximity to others so it was just a, a validation that I'm not crazy that I just this is not my life I cannot be surrounded by people all the time But I am so appreciative of this experience because it's given me a richer understanding of so many of the concepts I've been trying to communicate to you uh, and online videos and things like that for so many years that, you know, my challenge is how to communicate it. But what was really good about this last uh, go-round, you know, with what I wrote down this yesterday morning, was it added another layer of understanding for me. Uh, not, you know, things I can all go into here, but just real simple stuff. But it just creates a deeper and deeper layer and level of my own personal understanding. Because I thought, I really need to share that it's not about, oh, these bad things are happening to me. But there has to be dynamic experience to understand contrast and contrast is how we learn we have to have things to compare it to and you know I may bitch and moan my way through it and I'm not happy about everything that's been going on the last few weeks I was very excited to get back to some of these ideas and it was the first time I had a little spark of joy 
in a long time but I also came away with the realization yesterday that most people just aren't interested in this stuff and so it's not that what I am doing what I'm offering isn't valuable uh, and so this is sort of the question for you to sort of sort through right now uh, I don't do it for entertainment I do it because I'm trying to create value on the most important things which to me is the inner work it's the spiritual truth it's the higher reason of why we are human even though we are spirit trying to work through this amazingly complex and uncertain period of time this crucible but these are the times that are the most dynamic and they are the most powerful learning process for those of us who are focused on wanting to learn but most people don't want to do that and so they zone out and and they'll stay away from people like me just like most people stay away from content like mine because I'm not doing things to make you feel better I'm trying to reveal things that will probably make you feel worse but in the end they are what's valuable and how it's very difficult to have that conversation about what do you most desire right that's marketing that's the pain pleasure pressure point people who are good at selling understand how to manipulate or guide uh, you know the the my the marketing thing is uh, urgency it's time sensitive and pressure of fear right get this and get it now or otherwise you're gonna miss out and you're gonna get hurt uh, I don't like to do that but that's how people manipulate into selling and so it's a to me it's all very fascinating and and it moves between you know the great abstraction of what is God and what is the universe to like how am I going to get water today and you know a perfect example of that is uh, you know I've shared I've only had two times where I've run out of water the first time was because I wasn't I was I didn't understand the importance you know it was the first year I was out I was in an RV park I went out and I only had a couple gallons at a time little bottles and it was all frozen and I'm like I have no water and it's all frozen so I was knocking on doors trying to find somebody who could give me a gallon of water so I could start my day well after that you know I became obsessively vigilant about water you have to have a backup supply and I always get nervous when I don't have on-site water and I you know it gets low because there's no point in driving and filling up you know with just two bottles at a time so I was and then I feel better you know when I'm at full tilt well right now you know I'm on medium low and I'm uncomfortable so I'm thinking water I'm having the water conversation because I've moved again and I have no access to water so uh, but one of the gals uh, showed up that I had met at the other site and I said oh I meant to ask you where you're getting your water and she says oh I just go get it at Walmart I can go to Grants or Gallup and I said I, okay but do, what's your backup do you have any other water sources right oh no if I if Grants is down I can go to Gallup well these are all 50 miles it's 50 miles 50 plus miles to Grants Grants to Gallup is 50 miles Gallup to back where we are is 50 miles and it's a little more than that but just for so to drive 50 miles to buy three dollars worth of water right so I pressed again I said well I was told there's this other well you should ask this person about that well that's free it's just on the side of the road that you can get water if it's an emergency she goes oh I don't need to I can just go get it in town and I and so at this point you know she wanted to get away from me because she didn't want to think about it and I'm like oh my god right so I said well 
you really need to have a backup source of water. And then she walked off. So this is where we are. We're in a, you know, we're in a world that doesn't want to think about things that are minor survival issues, much less these huge abstractions of where your spirit is going and what your soul is doing and how do we evolve as spiritual beings and transform you know culture and society so that we can let go of the physical world you know these are all the great big things I think about but I'm also hyper focused on the practical because the same level of lesson applies into how am I going to get water as it does what is the truth about God but what I've learned is the people who are practical about water aren't that interested in the great truths of abstractions and God and the people who are focused on God and the abstractions aren't really that interested in how to go get water right now there's exceptions right there's the whole chop wood carry water principle you can go to the highest level and realize that the simplest is all there is but most people just toss that out they don't understand it as a concept and an application that the micro and the macro are the same things and as I'm you know doing this intellectual exercise with you none of this means anything until you don't have water which is the second time I ran out of water now I am obsessively vigilant on the water conversation right every night depending on where I am I have that how am I gonna have water like this morning I don't have enough defrosted because everything is freezing every day I can only put my water in one spot but I can't bring all of it so I miscalculated and I don't have very much water I have to hope the sun comes out and melts one of my bigger bottles but the only other time I got caught short was this exact same thing I had this conversation in my head like oh I don't feel like going down and filling up my water jugs uh, and when I had access to water on the property on the cow farm, I didn't have as many bottles as I have now because, uh, you know, the world was still functioning and, you know, I had it, they had it across the street. I mean, it wasn't that hard to go get water. But as an exercise, I never let myself not be vigilant. And so the second time it happened, I was on the cow farm and I had that, you should go fill up. And then the I just don't feel like it and the next morning the well broke and so had it been you know the end of the world scenario I didn't have any water because I didn't feel like getting it at 3 p.m. by 6 a.m. it was no longer accessible now in that situation I could drive across the street take all my bottles and fill up but my car still worked you know everybody else's well still worked but it was several days before the well became functional again but had I paid attention to that little tiny voice that always says every day the vigilance of survival that says do you have water that's the same muscle that spiritual truth requires there is no moment there is no day that you are not required to be vigilant you know the whole disciple thing discipline it's a focus and discipline vigilance and that same principle applies to survival so if you can't do it for yourself in basic food water shelter you will never be able to accomplish it at the higher levels and you know I was really curious when I started out on all this process about how 
one would survive would it be affected by you know applying spiritual principles and what I learned is it's just as hard to do it physically as it is mentally emotionally and spiritually and there's no uh, there's no safety net like this is you know we have created safety nets we have a false sense of security but I, in, in nature there's no safety net you just have to do this and so when I talk about the nervous system I just chose that because there's so many things out there there's so much information out there but danger is the thing fear is the thing that we are most driven by that's the greatest pressure point is our fear and fear is really what we perceive as dangerous so that was the number one reason I've chosen the nervous system but the second piece of it was how do you recover because everybody's immune system is out we've all become docile and domesticated uh, and those who are dangerous are just used up and tossed out and then persecuted right how many times do we persecute the one person that is capable of saving us right kill the messenger we started we saw that in Christianity you know we've seen that repeated over and over and over again we as a culture and a society and a civilization the masses become afraid and they persecute the tiny few that are trying to bring them the truth in defense of trying to have safety so the more you can understand your personal energetic response to danger whether it's push pull pause whether it's fight it run away from it or freeze in the face of it if you can understand that about yourself then you can understand how you're being manipulated and how you can make better choices and who you want to be in proximity to and so you know I've identified just I really there's only two people up here that I would trust in a times of danger everybody else is going to collapse and uh, either freeze or run away but that's not enough because there's so many people up here that are unwilling to be aware of what the environment that they're putting themselves in and how dangerous it is and winter is life or death you know if it's 100 degrees I mean you might die of heat stroke but for the most part you can just like as long as you have water and a little bit of salt you've heard my salt conversation you can just lay down and get hot and suffer but eventually it will pass freezing temperatures do not allow you that luxury when it's cold you will die if you're not properly prepared and you know I think there's this idea oh well there's snow I'll have plenty of of water well if anybody's ever melted snow to get water <laughs> uh, I have a I think it's an eight quart stock uh, and I have a 20 quart stock so if I fill up my 20 quart stock pot to the top with snow I get like half a cup of water so I have to burn fuel to make water okay and and you think well that's no big deal I have plenty of propane well, what happens when you don't have propane well I have plenty of firewood well what happens if you hurt yourself I smashed my thumb uh, the other day and it, I could barely uh, split my wood and I realized crap man if my right hand if I have my opposable thumb doesn't work 
I, there's all these things I can't do. I can't grip. I can't, my right hand, I'm right-handed. I can't function. And that just happened with a moment of distraction in which I did not practice focus and discipline. I was not vigilant for a moment. I was distracted and I slammed my thumb in the truck and, you know, screamed and pulled. And luckily, you know, it pulled itself out because I stopped functioning. You know, when there's pain, I like, I couldn't process open the door. I just processed ouch and pulled, which would have been stupid had I really severed it. So it's, all of this stuff is the same thing. It's a question of why are you human? What's important to you? What is your greatest desire? How do we function in this physical world? And why does understanding the spiritual principles equal basically the same thing as the simple practical day in and day out of survival? And so, uh, you know, this is just an overview. It's a recap. It's also a snooze fest for like 99.999% of the population. But this is what life is. You know, experiences aren't something to be avoided. They are pain, pleasure, pressure points that are moving you to where you learn how many times have you run out of water and correcting that or to just not learn. And every time you run out of water, you get on the phone and say, help me, help me, help me. And then if we keep helping you, then you don't learn consequences. And if you don't learn consequences, then the behavior never change and you become domesticated and helpless. And so what do the tiny few who want to be practical, who want to practice vigilance, who want to survive, do with all the people who don't want to take responsibility? So it isn't about an answer that solves the problem to this issue because this issue will exist until the physical world and humanity no longer exist. This will always be the core issue. How are you managing your energy? What are you taking responsibility for? And who is responsible for you? What are you responsible for? And the same processes are the same abstractions and highest spiritual principles. But it takes took millions of years for us to forget all this and it will take millions of years to remember. It's not a simple, quick process. And so when you see me have what look like catastrophic cluster experiences, I'm thinking the same thing. Oh my, what, what, what am I doing wrong? But when I can finish it and I can step back and I can understand it, I'm like, oh, that's what it was trying to teach me at a practical level that I need to be able to apply to my spiritual practice because experience is really the only teacher. Now I can share all this stuff with you and it will just mean almost nothing. If you take away one tiny concept, right, push, pull, pause, that's a win. But what I just told you in 30 minutes is the highest teaching in spirituality, but it's not glamorous, it's not sexy, and it doesn't give you a perfect life. All it says is the physical world is hard, you're here to grow and learn, and you have to do the work. Now, that's not a very big selling point, but the simplicity of the laws of the universe are absolute. Applying them are super complex. And so my question is always how? How do we navigate through this? And how can I best communicate it? 
I cannot promise you or anybody or myself that things aren't hard, that things aren't uncomfortable, that your safety and your comfort will both be compromised. Because we have to have pressure. We have to have contrast. I had to experience being in community again to be reminded I don't function in community. Not as a, I did anything wrong, but just sort of a confirmation of what I already knew because it was time to reconfirm that. And so I don't share for entertainment, even though most people are using it as a form of entertainment. But there's so much really practical, powerful stuff if you're really listening. But the people who really want to know are asking those very hard questions. And you will see in your own life very few, very far between. And because I don't have a perfect life, I haven't created a system of perfect safety and comfort. I'm not a good success story by the world's terms. But in terms of walking the talk, doing the work, taking the risks, I don't know anybody that's doing as much reality checks around that as I am. I just don't do a good job communicating it and I keep having so much limitation, which is my personal issue, I can't get the information out. So deep breath. If you only remember push, pull, pause, that is like super, super powerful. Uh, so I'm going to sign off. I'm going to hope I can get this uploaded someday. But uh, I am officially, you know, in shifting gears, packing up and moving out. And I have no idea where I'm going, how I'm going to do this. But I, I need to single focus on this for a while. But this is a podcast to download, to save, to listen to again and again. Because you will always get something else from it. And what I just gave you is millions of years of learning condensed into one 30-minute podcast because truth is super simple. Survival at its core and spirituality at its most uh, highest form is all the same thing, same principles. And the easiest way i found to communicate that is through push-pull-pause, is through understanding your nervous system and your energy and how it moves and how it moves in relationship to other and that when you can master that versus being controlled and manipulated through the pressure points of pain and pleasure you have accomplished what your soul came here to do everything else is gravy all right signing off wish me luck and hopefully my friends i will see you soon which will be our next time